Today we're going we're to look at one verse today, but really it's, it's a verse of evaluation, and we're going to use it as a verse of evaluation. The question for today is this. Today, what is your, your response to God? What is your response to Christ? And maybe a, a, an easier way to understand that would be to ask the question, are you worshiping God? And I think when we answer that, most of us would say, well, yes, I'm worshiping God. I go to a worship service. Uh, when I do, we sing worship songs. I, I listen to Christian radio sometimes. Uh, I thank God. I praise God. And, and, and so, yes, I have a life of worship. The question today is this. What is your response to God? Truly, are you worshiping God? What does that even mean? Are you worshiping God? Well, today from God's Word, we're going to see what that truly, what that honestly means Again, today in God's Word, the Bible. We're going to look at one verse today. It's found in Romans chapter 12, and it's the first verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Let me read that verse, and then we'll come back and look at the verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Listen to that verse again. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now, to understand that verse, we really have to see the context. Uh, this, this letter, the book of Romans, is Paul's letter to the Roman believers. Uh, this is the start of the 12th chapter. For, for 11 chapters now, if you go back and read those chapters, he has explained the gospel of Jesus Christ. And really that's what those 11 chapters are all about. He has explained God's grace to sinners. He has explained that we are saved because of God's love, because of God's grace shown through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He has made it very clear there. We are all sinners we are all in need of salvation, and in the work of Jesus Christ, we have offered to us salvation. He's made it very plain to us. It is not a work. It is not something we do. It is not something we earn, but we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone, which means this. By placing our faith in Jesus Christ, we are declared the righteousness of Christ. We have a right relationship before God. I think, I think it's a pretty awesome thing as I think about all the things that are in those 11 chapters that he tells us the good news that even as sinners, uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 1, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are forgiven in Christ Jesus. We have eternal life in Christ Jesus. For 11 chapters, he has explained the gospel of Jesus Christ. In a very detailed way, he has shown us how awesome our God is and how awesome our salvation is. Now, if you pick up Romans and you read those 11 chapters, it, it's pretty complex. It's pretty, it's pretty tough to, to read and to, to think about and to digest those things. Really, it is a detailed explanation of how awesome our God is, how tremendous our salvation is. Well, now as we start chapter 12, he tells us what our response is to that. We have an awesome God. We have a tremendous salvation, and this is our response to that. Chapter 12 starts off, the first verse starts off, and it says this, Therefore, 
therefore, in response to that, in response to, to who God is, in response to our salvation, therefore, this is our response. This is what flows out of that. Therefore, I urge you. Now, the word urge in the original language means to beg, I beg you. It means to push with force. I push you. I push you to something. It means to strongly encourage. And so he says, in light of all of that, I urge you, I beg you, I push you, brethren. Now understand that that word brethren, that's, that's an important thing that he puts in the verse. Brethren is talking about Christians. It's talking about our brothers and sisters in Christ. It is talking about the church. It's talking about Christians. Now, I want to stop right here for just a second, and I want us to understand this. Be sure of this. A person who is not a Christian, a person who is not a believer, cannot worship God. Did you understand that? If, if a person is not a follower of Jesus Christ, they cannot worship God. Now, they can see the mountains. They can see the work of his creation. They can see the, the, the beauty and the things of what he's done. They might see attributes of God in his creation, but they cannot worship God. Worship means this. Worship means that we see the place that we hold. We're sinners. We're trapped in our sin. We are in need of a Savior. And worship means that we give God his place. You know what? I'm not like him. I should have no part of him, but I understand. He is, he is awesome, and he is mighty, and he is powerful, and he is beautiful, and he's, and he's full of grace. Worship means understanding your place and giving God his place. And so be sure of this. A person who denies Jesus Christ denies God. A person who denies Jesus Christ, they rebel against God. In fact, the Bible says a person who denies Jesus Christ, they are an enemy of God. And so a person who is not a believer cannot worship God. Now what that, what that comes down to is this. So then only those who are believers can worship God. Do you understand God is worthy of worship? He ought to have worship heaped on him. He ought to have glory poured out on him. And the only people that can worship him are followers of Jesus Christ. If he's going to be worshipped, it's going to be in the church. If he's going to be worshipped, it's going to be through believers. Only believers can worship God. It falls on us. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, what that means is this. All that we do is in the power of God. He enables it. He enables us to worship him. He enables us to see him in his revelation of himself in his word. And so understand, this, this dictate here, this command here, it's going to happen in the power of God. It's going to happen in the enablement of God. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, here we go, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now, to understand that, we have to understand this. In the Jewish system, they brought their offerings to God. That's how they would worship him. That's how they would submit to him. That's how they would acknowledge him. Their worship was they would bring their, their offering. Maybe it was a lamb. Maybe it was some other animal. 
Maybe it was the first fruit of their field, the first fruit of their crops, but their heart's response to God prompted them to come and worship God and bring their offering to the altar. Well, understand now, the final and perfect lamb is Jesus Christ. The final offering has been offered. It is settled in Jesus Christ. And so Paul says here, our offering, our service of worship means our act of worship is this. We're not bringing offerings anymore like that. We're not bringing an animal to kill at the altar. Our service of worship, our act of worship is to present ourselves to God. It is to present our bodies to God. See this today. The proper response to our God, the proper response to our Savior, Jesus, our proper response of such a great salvation is to give ourselves to God. It says a living sacrifice. It is to offer ourselves to God. Now I want you to think about that question of evaluation now. You know what, when you understand who Christ is, when you understand the punishment you have in your sin for all of sin, for the wages of sin is death, when you understand how tremendous God's grace is, our response is to give ourselves to God. The question of evaluation is this. So are you worshiping? So are you truly worshiping, not talking about a service that you would attend, not talking about a song that you might sing, sing, not talking about really some attitude you might possess. Are you giving yourself totally to God? Are you giving yourself totally to God? The word here for body in in the Greek, in the original language, means the totality of your personhood. And so, so we hear body, we think, well, this, this is the body. But really it's talking about the, the, the total person, the totality of your personhood. It's talking about your intellect, your mind. It's talking about your emotion. It's talking about your breath, your, your physical being. It is talking about all of your life given to God. Hear this today. Be sure of this today. There is no partial commitment to Jesus Christ. I don't know that we truly understand that. Did you hear that? There is no halfway commitment to Jesus Christ. Now, we, we might try to make that seem like that today in the church. We might try to excuse that today. We might try to make that okay today. Well, put your faith in Jesus and be saved and then put all the rest of it away in a box somewhere. We might try to act like that's okay. But listen, there is no halfway commitment to Jesus Christ. Think about what Jesus says. He says that we have died to ourself. You've died to yourself. You know what? You're dead. He now lives in you. The Bible, the Bible says that we have put our hand to a plow. And with our hand on the plow, we're not, we're not able to turn back. Jesus says that we take up our cross, the instrument of our death. We take up our cross and we follow him. Listen, there is no halfway commitment to Jesus Christ. Our response today, therefore, is to give ourselves totally to God. Now, it it, it defines it or it it clarifies it a little more in detail here. It says this, a living sacrifice. So see, see what it says here. Your response to God, your response to our great salvation is to give the totality of your personhood to God as a living sacrifice. Now, here's, here's what that means. God doesn't want you to die for the cause. Now, you may die for the cause. That that may happen in a world that hates the cause. 
but he's already died. What that means is this. He wants you to live for the cause. You know what your response to such a great salvation, a great Savior is? It is to come and to give yourself and to live for the cause. So here's a simple question of evaluation. That's what this whole day is about. So then, what is the priority of your life? If you understand who your Savior is and you understand what a tremendous salvation we hold, our response, Paul says, is to give the totality of ourself to God as a living sacrifice. We're to live for Him. So what is the priority then of your life? And let me just ask this. What would your coworkers say? What would, what would your friends say? What would, what would your spouse say who sees you once the front door is closed? What, what would your kids say? Would they say, you know what, I, I know that guy, I know that man. And you know what, he lives for the glory of Jesus Christ. And whether he's at his job, he, he works for the glory of Jesus Christ. And when he, when he deals with his wife and how he treats his wife, it's for the glory of Jesus Christ. And as he's raising those little kids and they grow up, he raised them for the glory of Jesus Christ. Or would they say something else? He's all about a version of success that the world's laid out. He's about a job that's maybe going to pay some bills and stack up some money and pass away someday. He's about some benchmark of a goal that if we could just get to this level. Listen, we live totally for Jesus Christ. What would it be said of you as the priority of your life? It also says this, and I think it's important that they're tied together. A holy sacrifice acceptable to God. We are a living sacrifice. He, he's requiring your life. That's how you worship him. But it also says a holy sacrifice acceptable to God. Now the word holy means set aside or set apart. Uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, to help us understand this more, more clearly, under that sacrificial system, they brought the best lamb. Remember that? They bought the first fruit. Remember all the way back to the garden when, when he tried to bring something less than. They, they brought the, the best thing. It wasn't something left over. They, in fact, it was to be a perfect lamb. Men, here's the truth. The life that we give God is to be an act of worship. And the way that it's an act of worship, it is, it is to be a different life. Now, what that, what that looks like is this. You're to offer God a life of integrity. You're to offer God your best life. You're, you're to offer God a pure life. Now, now we're not to take our lives and to run them through the ringer of the world, the things of the world, and whatever comes beat up, smashed up out of that, we're to take that and straggle it and lead it to the altar and offer it to our God. The verse says here it is to be acceptable to God. Now let me, let me make that very plain for you. What that means is this. How you live as a follower of Jesus Christ absolutely matters. How you live as a believer matters. Part of your offering is to bring a life that is the best that you can muster. And it says it's in the mercy of God. It's in his enablement. And that is what you offer to God. Now what that means is we're not to stain ourselves with the things and the crud of this world and try to offer it to a holy God. We're not to profane ourselves in the sorry sins of this world, the sins of our flesh, and to trying to come and to offer that to God. Very simply, it's this. What you watch matters because you're an offering, a living offering to God. What you say 
matters because you're a living offering to God. How you act. Oh, I, it doesn't matter. I lost my head. I hear people say, well, I was in the flesh. It doesn't matter. How you act matters because it's an offering to God. How we live matters because it's an offering to God. Now, listen to me. Not because of legalism. Not, not because of some set of rules. Not because we're trying to impress somebody down at the church somewhere. How we live matters because we're worshiping God. That's a, a huge thing to understand. How you live matters not because of a rule book, not because of a preacher somewhere. How you live matters because you're offering yourself as an offering to God. It is your worship to him. So I say it again. I ask the question again. So now, what is your response to God? Now, here's the question again one last time. So are you, and I'm talking about you. Sometimes I go, well, what about them? Are you worshiping God? Here would be an awesome thing. This would be an awesome thing. If in, 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 in the leading of God's word, the leading of God's spirit inside of us, here, here, this would be an awesome thing. If today as we sit here, if we looked at our Savior, if we thought about Jesus, thought about Jesus, humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross, lived a life, doesn't sin, dies in my place, beaten beyond recognition, if we actually looked at Jesus today, if we looked into our salvation today, you are hopeless outside of Jesus Christ. No work could you ever do. If you actually looked at your salvation, if you looked at the wrath of God was poured out on Christ, and it's not going to be poured out on you because of your faith in Jesus Christ. If you actually looked at your Savior, if you actually looked into your salvation, and you became so impressed, you became so blown away, a tremendous thing is we would raise up and say, you know what, I give myself to God. Not part of me, not, not a piece of me. If we actually saw our Savior and saw our salvation and the response was that I did and you did and you did and you did. We gave ourselves to God. I can't imagine the worship of that. I can't imagine what our worship services would look like if that had happened. I can't imagine the volume of the songs we would sing if that had happened that we would be so enamored and astounded by our salvation and our Savior that we would give ourselves to God. Here, here's the truth of all that. This is why I start here today. It is a new year. Sometimes we act like this is a dividing line. You know what? We have all of our days ahead of us. If that hasn't been the pattern of our life, you know what it should be. If that hasn't been the, the process of our thoughts, you know what it should be. If that hasn't been the burning desire of your heart, you know what it should be. And today we can sit here and we can, we can eat this meal and we can sit at these tables and say, you know what, God, forgive me for a life of less than worship. God, change my heart and let me walk into this new year giving the totality of my personhood to you because you're worthy of that. Let this be a tremendous year of worship. Glad you're here today. Let me ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for you. We're thankful that you forgive us. 
We're thankful that you love us. We're thankful for your kindness shown to us. We're thankful for such a great Savior, Jesus. We're thankful for such a tremendous salvation that we didn't earn it, we didn't deserve it, still don't. We're thankful for the peace of the cross, for the, for the, the confidence of the resurrection. We're thankful for the fruit of the sacrifice of Jesus, our salvation. Lord, I pray that that would sink into our hearts today that that would grow in our hearts today. And I pray for the folks in this room that we would leave here and say, my heart desires to worship by giving myself to God. Help us in that, enable us in that, and then use it for your glory. Lord, we love you today. We praise you and we worship you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.